We've been going through a series called Becoming Your Calling. And so, um, bear with me this morning. The intro might be like, what does this have to do with anything? But, uh, but I will wrap it up. So don't, don't, um, don't wonder where you, where you are this morning as we go on. So, uh, on April 19th, 1775, fighting broke out in Lexington and Concord, Mass., between the British regulars and American militia, which started the beginning of the Revolutionary War. And in July of 1776, the Declaration of Independence was passed unanimously by the colonies, but understandably rejected by Great Britain. Right? Well, on October 27th, 1776... Benjamin Franklin was selected as an ambassador to France with the mission of getting French support for the war. See, uh, the, the French had a few years before been beaten by Great Britain and the colonies in the French and Indian War, and Franklin was hoping they would be looking for an opportunity to get back at Great Britain. So, He also knew that the French admired him for his experiments and his inventions. You can remember Franklin's experiment with the kite and the key and the storm and, right, growing up with that. So, with charisma and a magnetic personality, uh, Franklin was uh, able to go to France and communicate the American cause and play and press the cause to the French. And on February 6, 1778, was able to successfully sign the Treaty of Alliance with France, securing the much-needed help of men, of ammunitions, of naval support in the fight against Great Britain. And this support ended up turning the tide of the war, resulting in the American colonies winning. Uh, Without this support, our history may have looked much different than it currently does. So, uh, Benjamin Franklin remained the ambassador to France until 1785, where he was replaced by Thomas Jefferson, and then he went to Pennsylvania, uh, came back to the colonies and lived in Pennsylvania. So, throughout history, ambassadors have been used by kings, queens, and governments. Um, And because of modern inventions and technology, the role of the ambassador has changed. If you heard Hannah in her video, she says she's an ambassador for this cause. And so today, a lot of times, an ambassador may mean somebody who's the face of or who uh, represents and who who communicates uh, something, which is accurate, Um, but that role is different today than it was in ancient times. So, in ancient times, rulers had a dilemma. And the dilemma was this. How do you build relationships or how do you negotiate with other kings, queens, and governments while still ruling your own area? Because keep in mind, there there was no telephone uh, to pick up and say, uh, yo, President so-and-so, we need to have a conversation. Um... There was no internet to do FaceTime, Google Meet, Zoom, or any of those kinds of things for those kinds of conversations. 
There were no high-speed boats to whisk you across the oceans or airplanes to hop on and get you overseas. For that fact, there was no highways with automobiles. It was walking on foot or riding a horse or, or, or driving, being pulled in a carriage behind one. And so the, the difficulty for a ruler to have to travel to another kingdom to press their cause or have a conversation was problematic because what, while you're, let, you're gone from your area, who knows what's going to happen while you're gone. And these trips often took months, sometimes years, to accomplish. So, enter the ambassador. The ambassador was a person that represented the, the king or queen or government in all matters and interests. Okay? This person uh, went and spoke for the ruler. They worked for the ruler. They dressed the part. The way they carried themselves was reflective on the ruler. Their personal conduct communicated. They were the, the physical representation of the ruler they were representing in all matters. So if a, if a, if a king or a queen uh, mistreated an ambassador... The king or queen who sent that ambassador took it as if that's how they would have treated them personally. They, met, they represented them in everything. Now the king or queen expected that they, their ambassador would speak like them, speak on their interests, conduct themselves like they would. You, you get what I'm saying? That they would reflect that ruler to the other ruler. Now, the awesome part was they also went with the authority and the power to act on behalf of that ruler. They could enter into treaties, they could negotiate, they could say yes, they could say no. They carried the power and the authority of that sending ruler. Because they couldn't just say, uh, call up and say, hey, uh, King so-and-so, this is what they're offering, what do you think, what should we do? So they were empowered to act on their behalf. Now, the ambassador may have benefited personally uh, from this role in this position, such as being treated well and having nice things and all these kinds of things, but that was not their goal or their agenda. Their goal or their agenda was to press the issues and speak on behalf of the ruler who sent them. So why are we talking about this this morning? Like I said at the beginning, we've been talking about the idea of becoming your calling. And we've been using, uh, we start off the first week by using 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And we're going to go there this morning where it talks about, I'm a, I'm a new life. The, the, the old is gone, the new has come. And Paul compares the life, this new life, the activity of this new life with that of being an ambassador. So let's, let's look at that. This morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. We've talked uh, about this already. Verse 18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Now, this is what Zip was talking about this morning. Right? That this awesome 
news that we, we are actually reconciled with God, that all of those sins that were in the way, that separated us, that through Christ we've been reconciled. And he says, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message, this ministry of reconciliation. You know, I grew up uh, in, a, in a period of time and in a church structure where it was very important about what's your ministry. Uh, it was highlighted, uh, discovered, a, a preaching ministry or a missions ministry or evangelist ministry or these ministries. Well, if you ever ask that question, what is my ministry? Here is the answer. God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. That's your ministry. That's everybody's ministry that, that is, has the new life in Christ. You have been called. You have been invited. You have been given the ministry of reconciliation. And that's this reconciling, this message of carrying this message that God wants people to be reconciled to himself. And now we're going to, weeks to come, tease out, well, within that ministry of reconciliation, what does God expect of me? Uh, what tools has he given me? What piece in that do I play? But the overarching theme is we have the ministry of reconciliation. We, we need to be reconciling people back to God. If any of our activity does not have that as its end focus, it's honestly useless activity. It's just sideways energy. If, 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 you're, if what you're doing is not hopefully leading somebody and encouraging somebody and promoting somebody toward being reconciled with, G, with God, then it's just, uh, it's just you know, something to do to keep you busy. And I don't like busy work. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be busy just for busy's sake. I like, to, I like to know that my work is moving something somewhere. And so in Christ, we all, you are, you are a minister of reconciliation. It's who you are. You're in Christ. You say, well, I don't really feel like a minister. Well, that's okay. That's why we have church. To lead you and guide you and build you up and equip you and train you so that you can be an effective minister of reconciliation. Let's move on, because that's, that's kind of was a side note. Here he goes. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, which isn't that what an ambassador does. An ambassador appeals to whoever they're going to on behalf of someone else. And so Paul is saying, hey, this message, this being ministers of reconciliation is as if we're ambassadors. We are taking the message of Christ on his behalf and making his appeal through us. It's not my ideas. It's not Paul's ideals. It's Christ through him. It's Christ through us, which is what an ambassador is and does. Of course, then he makes his appeal. We implore you on Christ's behalf, 
Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. So, we are called. We are, that word call means we are invited. We are summoned to be Christ's ambassadors. Now, there's some ministries out there labeled, uh, named themselves ambassadors for Christ or Christ the, uh, ambassador of this. And I'm not making that we're all supposed to be part of that ministry. We're drawing the, 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 the connection here that the work of an ambassador is really the work that God has called you and I to. That he, he considers us his ambassadors. That we represent Christ on this earth and we press his cause. And his cause, his work, is that he is reconciling the world to himself. Right? You and I are here today because, because we discovered that God loves us and he wants to be reconciled with us. And that love of God came and touched our hearts and we said yes and we found reconciliation with God. And we're spending our, our lives figuring that out, figuring out what that relationship looks like, what's our part in that relationship, how do we respond to God, these kinds of things. But in the work to do, we are now his ambassadors. That we take that message that we heard and received and we are on Christ's behalf bringing that to the world around us. Hoping, pleading that the world would be reconciled to Christ. Just as Benjamin Franklin pleaded the American case to the French and said, this is my job. I'm going I'm to take the fact that they respect me for my inventions. I'm going to take the fact that, they, uh, that I have this gift of, of a magnetic personality, that I attract people and I have this charisma. I'm going to use these things to press the American cause to get France involved to help us. Now think of that in terms of your role. You're Benjamin Franklin for Jesus Christ. And God has sent you to a, to a world that desperately needs what Christ has. And he says, you're my ambassador. Go press the issue. Carry my message to the world. Use what gifts you have. Use what talents you have. Use what resources you have to get them to understand and be reconciled to me. That's the role that God has given us in this new life. So what does that role look like? I have three things for you this morning, that as an ambassador, what are we called to? What is expected of us that we see in Scripture? The first one, look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. So, the first thing is this. As an ambassador, we are called to live as Christ lived. That's the holy peace. In fact, Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. He says, But just as he who called you is holy. Right? We've been called, we've been invited to be this new life. Just as he is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. This is this representation piece. 
This is the, if I stand before a a foreign dignitary, am I representing appropriately the person I'm coming on behalf of? Which was expected of an ambassador. That an ambassador's ill conduct reflected on the king or queen who sent him or her. Right? Because it was expected you would act as I would act in there. And so when we read in Scripture of this be holy, it's, or, or, or um, live a holy life, this isn't a matter of salvation. This is a matter of effectiveness in your role as an ambassador. This is a matter of are we representing Christ well? Are we living as he lived so that, the, so that when we're pressing our cause, it says, hmm, this is who this person they're representing looks like, talks like, acts like, thinks like. So we live as Christ lived. Our thinking, our speech, our actions, all of these things should be a reflection of Christ. This is why we're called to a holy life. And this world so desperately needs to see Jesus Christ. The Jesus you and I have met, we know. Like, man, he's, it's amazing to serve him. His love for me, his patience with me, his kindness with me, his provision for me, right? All of these things are, we realize we're so undeserved of and he gives them to us anyway. And if a world would meet that Jesus, I gotta believe they would turn. I gotta believe they would give them their heart and their lives and their mind. And so what matters, it matters that the ambassadors of Christ look like Christ. Live like Christ. Speak like Christ. And so we have to examine our lives as ambassadors and say, how am I doing with this? Are there areas I need to grow in? Are there areas I need to change? When people see me in this world, am I reflecting Christ who sent me well? Or am I representing something different? The second thing we're called to as an ambassadors, we already read this, but in 2 Corinthians 5, 19 through 20, he said this, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. So God wants the world to be reconciled to him, and he used the work of Christ to do that, not counting people's sins against them. Hallelujah. Thank you. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. I don't know if there's another verse here. Yeah. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Here's the point. We work for Christ's interests. We don't work for our own interests. We work for Christ's interests. God is making his appeal through us. We are, uh, we are representatives of Christ. We are carrying his message. We are doing his work. It is not about my agenda. It is not about my special interests or my thinking how things should go. I'm carrying the message of reconciliation from my creator. Now, let me pause and say that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be some robot and we're all supposed to look exactly the same 
and that we all do the same thing and do it in the same way. We're going to talk about this in the weeks to come, that God uniquely gifts us for our specific role in this ministry of reconciliation. So we all look different, act different, and speak different, but all of those differences should be able to be pointed back to Christ. I don't have to, we don't all have to look and act and speak the same. Matthew 28, verse uh, 19 and 20 is, is recorded what we call the Great Commission, where Jesus said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything you feel like. Or teach them to, what's the most relevant way to do church? Or teach them which person's apostle's doctrine is the most accurate apostle's doctrine. He didn't say any of that. He says, everything I have commanded you, he's saying here's like, you are carrying forth my message, my instructions. You're discipling people for me, not yourself. It's Christ's interests ambassadors we're after. Not our own. Jesus came and made reconciliation with God possible. Think about all of the religions in the world who believe that there is a God. And this Christianity is the only one that says, hey, you can know with certainty where you stand with God. Everyone else is like, did you... Well, you never know if you prayed enough. You never know if you gave enough. You know, you're going to have to come back as a dog or a gnat or something else. I'm sorry, like a bug gnat. Not not our gnat. Sorry, gnat. (laughs) Can we rewind the live stream? We'll just come back as, as, as an insect or something. Because that's teachings out there, right? You have to, you just keep coming back until you get it right. The thing is, like, if that's true, I don't know what I was before. How do I know I'm getting it right now? I have nothing to compare it to. So I have no hope. Like, I don't know if I get it right. Like, maybe someday. Christianity is the only way, message where we know where we stand in relationship with God. This is an incredible message for the world. You can have peace with God. You can know that you and God are okay. And God has entrusted us with that incredible message to communicate that to the world around us. You can know where you stand with God. It's our task to continue the work of Christ on this earth. And that's reconciling mankind back to God. So we we live as Christ lived. We work for Christ's interests. And lastly, I love the verse before the Great Commission equally as well, and that's verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore. And here's the thing that we have to remember, that when we are sent in this new life, we are sent with the authority and power of Jesus Christ. Now, some people get all heady about that, like it's some sort of power trip. 
You've got to keep in mind, it's not my authority and it's not my power. It's Christ's. In fact, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3-4 through 4 says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by even desires. We can participate in the divine nature through the power of God. We can be as Christ through the power of God. What does this mean for you and I when, we're, we, when we are operating that this holy life that God has called us to, to live as Him through this carrying out His interests is possible through His authority and power. Which means when we feel all insecure, God has asked me to do this or do that, and we go, I don't know if I can do that. Like, it's not you. Christ is working through you. You walk and you stand in Christ's power and Christ's authority. If, if God asks you to, to be out front, something you're uncomfortable with, if God asks you to serve, if God asks you to do anything that you're a little bit, I'm not well equipped, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, you say, well, it's, it's not me. It's Christ's power in me. So I'm standing as Christ's representative. I'm not standing here as Steve Hawley t- this morning. I mean, I am Steve Hawley. But right now, in this moment, I am standing here as Christ's representative to you on his behalf. So I can speak with confidence, I can speak with authority, I can speak with power, because it's his message I'm communicating to you. When I stand up here and I'm speaking my own opinions, you guys know my personality. Like, it's just me. I I humbly submit to you this, and what do you think? Like, that's, that's my personality. I'm a peacemaker, right? I, I want to get consensus in the room. But when I'm here, I'm not about consensus. I'm about pressing Christ's issues for you to know and understand. So I can, because in the authority and power of, of Christ, I'm operating in that. So whatever he calls you to, he sends you with his authority and with his power. If you don't like it, you take it up with him. It's not me. Now, I know that sounds like an escape goat, but in this moment, when I'm preaching his word, it's his. I'm standing with his power, his authority. There are many times in my life where God asks me to do or say something that I'm not comfortable at all. And I have to say, well, it's not me. God, I'm going in your authority. I need your power to communicate this well, to make the stand in this, to look somebody in the eye, to hold the line, to do whatever it is he's asked me to do in the moment that I'm not comfortable with. I walk in his strength, his authority, his power. And as an ambassador, so do you. And if you don't feel his authority, and you don't feel his power, 
sometimes you need to evaluate and say, am I walking in my own agenda, in my own interests, in my own ideas, and not Christ? And maybe that's why I, I, I'm not feeling his power, his authority. Or you just don't have a proper understanding of walking in his power authority. But let's wrap this, wrap this up this morning. In John chapter 17, Jesus, really over several chapters, prays this long prayer before he goes to the cross. And in verses 14 through 18, he prays this. And he's talking about his disciples. He's talking to God the Father about his disciples. He says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. You ever felt like that? As a Christian, sometimes you feel there's parts of the world that really resent you and hate you. And they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. So he's drawing this comparison that, hey, uh, I'm not of this world and, and neither are, are they. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. I often wondered, why? Why does, why does God let his, his people go through such, let me use a nice word, turmoil in this world. Why doesn't he just save us and take us home? We're saved. Bang! Back in, We're in heaven now. It'd be wonderful. But he needs ambassadors. He needs people here who are bringing that word, who are pressing his issues to the world around us. And sometimes that's not well received. We know of many ambassadors in other countries who have undergone fire or death or been run out of the country, right? They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. So he's saying, listen, God, I'm coming out of this world. They're staying. I'm praying for their protection while they stay in this world. He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world... I have sent them into the world. Christ is saying here that we, he is sending us in the same way that God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus Christ, into this world as ambassadors to help reconcile mankind back to himself. So metaphorically speaking, you are living in a foreign land on behalf of Jesus Christ. Now, we all know that you're not in a foreign land. America is your citizenship for probably many of you or most of you. But metaphorically speaking, our mindset has to be that we're living in a foreign land and we're, we're bringing as an ambassador the message and the interests and the work of Jesus Christ to this land. That's our work. That's what it means to live the new life. We are an ambassador for Christ. And my question this morning, our challenge this morning is this. How are we doing with that? Self-evaluation, I'm not here to make any judgments. You think that through. The list that we talked about, living as Christ lived, working for Christ's interests, now, let me pause here. That doesn't mean that tomorrow you shall go quit your jobs and live on the streets 
and only preach the gospel or only do this, ambassadors still did other things in their country. They still have families. They, they, they maybe still had other work to do, other things to have to attend to. It doesn't mean that, that only full-time ministers are actual ambassadors. Every single person who has the new life, who has invited Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you're an ambassador. In your role as an ambassador, are you working for Christ's interests? Or are you operating in the authority and power of Christ and what he's asked you to do? How are we doing with that? Are we reflecting him well? If somebody looked at me and said, you know you resemble Christ, that'd be the most incredible statement and compliment I could ever have. Am I ever going to do it perfectly? No. But I can try to get close. Right? I can try to get close. Am I reflecting him well in my language and in how I carry myself and my conduct? Am I working for his interests or are his interests in my mind? Am I looking through the lens of how can I help reconcile people back to God? What skill set do I have? What talent do I have? What, what is it that I possess that I, can, I could leverage and use that to help? Because here's the thing, our, our famous uh, John Quincy Adams, he also was an ambassador to France. They threw him out of the country. They didn't like him. Because he came with a preconceived notion that this is what needs to happen and he was all about coming at him. And Benjamin Franklin was like, mm, I'm going to use who I am. And he made friends. John Quincy Adams was so frustrated with Benjamin Franklin because he's like, all he does is go to parties every night. And Benjamin Franklin was like, yeah. I'm hobnobbing with the higher ends and guess what? the influential people in the country now are starting to hear my cause. Now they're starting to press the king. Now they're starting to give money. Do you know that a wealthy man in France gave Benjamin Franklin a house for him to live in while he was there? Because he said, I'm going to use who I am and I'm going to leverage that to press the cause for America. And that's really what all of us should be about, which we're going to talk about in the weeks to come. Who am I? How has God created me? And how can I leverage that to help reconcile people back to God? I might be able to do all things, but I can do what I can do. How are we doing with that? Are we working with Christ's interests in mind? And lastly, I think what sets... Uh, Christianity apart, other than obvious, the obvious of Jesus Christ, is that we actually receive power and authority when we come to Christ. That there's this, there's this spiritual endowment of power that comes when we are working on Christ's behalf. And that's what the entire book of Acts is about. It's proof and demonstration how ordinary people picked up the cause of Christ and began to do what Christ asked them to do, and then they did amazing things. It doesn't seem like much, but 
We talked about uh, last week, the week before, about think of how many of you were before you came to Christ. Many of you were lowly. Many of you were common people, right? Many of you weren't influential. But when we come to Christ, God uses the common, everyday, normal, ordinary to do supernatural things. And I'm always amazed, always amazed at lowly fishermen. Uh, And I, I think about going down to the docks of New Bedford and some of the guys who get off the boat there, of taking one of those guys and bringing them to the Supreme Court and having them argue something. And the Supreme Court being amazed at how they so well put the argument together with such power and such authority. That's what happened in the book of Acts. The disciples of Jesus, these fishermen stood before the high court of the day and made this plea, and it said they were astonished that these were ordinary men. That's what God will do through you, through his power. And it's not that we we are hoping that we become something awesome because of God's power. That's that's the mix-up. That's an abuse of God's power. When I'm saying, I can't wait for God to use me, so I'm amazing with God's power. God probably won't use you or or give you his power. But when God asks me to do something, I say, God, by your power, this can happen. And I'm excited to see God's name move forward. And I'm excited to see that through, um, through God and through God's work in me that people are reconciled back to God. When that's exciting to me, instead of God can move through me, now, now awesome things happen. It's, it's a matter of focus. We can operate within the authority and power of Christ to see his work done. A lot to think about, a lot to chew on. I, my prayer and hope today is that you grasp this message, that you, you are a minister. You might not have been to Bible school, you might not have signed up for this, but by default, you are a minister of reconciliation. That God has given you the role and the title as ambassador for him. And that you would understand that and say, this is why God calls me to holy living. This is why God wants me to do and act and be like him and spend his message. This is why God has given me power and authority to speak on his behalf. I'm his ambassador. And that you would uh, uh, um, reconcile that in your own heart and mind and see, hey, where do... Where can I take another step to reflect him well? Where can, I, where can I do his work better? Where can I reconcile somebody and use and think through that lens? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you came to this earth. I thank you for the work that you, you did to make it possible for us to be reconciled back to God. And Lord, as Paul uses such great language of being an ambassador for you, it resonates with us today, Lord. And I pray today for us as a, as a church that as we're pursuing becoming who you've called us to be, that we would keep in mind the illustration of an ambassador. Somebody who represents, somebody who works on the interests of, somebody who goes in the power and the authority of the ruler. And Lord, that ruler is you. So Lord, help us to live that role well. Help us to represent you well in all we say and all that we do and all that we think. 
Help us to be about the work in, uh, of your interests, of leading and reconciling people back to yourself. Lord, remind us that we don't have to do this in our own strength, that your power, your authority goes with us. Lord, we accept the role of ambassador today. We don't know where it will lead us. We don't know the work you'll call us to do. We don't know what tomorrow may look like in that role. But Lord, we know that we love you. And we know that we want the world to know that they can be reconciled back to God. So Lord, today, we say use us to do just that. We offer whatever gifts you've given us, whatever privilege, whatever resources, whatever anything that we have in our work as ambassadors. Lord, I pray that as we move this direction as people, that we'd continue to grow in our appearance of you, that, that the love that comes from us, the work that comes from us, the reflection, the, the who we are, people would would say, hey, that's a lot like Christ. And it's through working for you and through you and that this world will know. Lord, I pray as we leave this place that you'd be with us and keep us safe. We pray, Lord, for the continual lifting of this pandemic so that the folks who are at home can continue to join us. That, Lord, we could gather as once before without masks, with without having to stay six feet apart, that we could share meals together. Lord, may that be so. But until that day, Lord, protect us. Be with us. Give us opportunity. We ask in your holy name. Amen.